Welcome to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. In this podcast, there'll be insights around three key areas to mastering the game of life. Purpose, prosperity, philanthropy. Your host, Paul Lowe, the third sector mentor, is the founder of Hearts Global CIC, which along with many other of his charitable commitments, has been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from disadvantaged communities. Author of Mastering the Game of Life, From Pain to Purpose, and Speaking from Our Hearts books. Introducing your host, Paul Lowe. Welcome listeners to this Mastering Life podcast episode where... I'm, uh, I've got a new idea. I'm going to allow the, the lady that wrote this story from uh, Speaking From Our Hearts book, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. I'm going to let her tell the story herself from the book rather than me me actually recite it. I thought it'd have more em- empathy and more, more authenticity. So, uh, yeah, without further ado then, it's over to Lynn t- uh, to tell her story from Dream to Queen. Thank you, Paul. And... Uh... Thank you to your listeners for being there to listen to the story. I'm very happy to share. Okay, well, to start with, I just want to say that I spent most of my life in England, but currently split my time between the UK and Spain. And as a teenager, I was subjected to several traumatic experiences that went on to massively impact my ability to trust, love and enjoy relationships with men for many, many years. So I need to give you the heads up that my personal story is a very harrowing one. I didn't have a close relationship with my parents and as kids we were taught to be seen and not heard. They were very strict disciplinarians and didn't spare the rod when it came to corporal punishment and they always fought a lot. I remember one time when I was about 13 years old my dad sent me to run after my mother to tell her to come back because she'd stormed out after yet another major argument. When I caught up with her, she said through her own pain and anger, Go away. I wish you'd never been born. I've never forgotten these words, which shook me to the core. And it also negatively impacted my future um, image of myself. And at the time, I believed that if my mother didn't love me, how could anybody else? And more importantly, how could I love myself? And my... Wow, my words of wisdom around that learning was take responsibility for loving yourself first. Throughout my teens, I experienced several sexually traumatic events that no girl should ever have to go through. I was raped at the age of 15 by a man I trusted at my local swimming club. I was a virgin and naive enough to think that it had offered me a lift home out of kindness. That lift cost me the rest of my childhood a potential competitive swimming career, my education, some good friendships as well as my femininity and dignity. It left me feeling violated, ashamed and dirty. So I didn't tell a soul until I was 42. I just tried to pretend it had never happened and for a while it worked. Then at the age of 18, just when I was starting to trust men again, I was drugged and raped by a friend of my then boyfriend. I vividly remember how helpless and vulnerable I felt. And to compound it all, shortly afterwards, my mum left my dad. In her absence, my dad, in his pain and despair, tried to take advantage and and molest me. Fortunately, I was able to escape from his clutches before yet another potentially serious sexual assault took place. My words of wisdom, my wow around, thinking back to that, situation was 
You always have a choice and a voice. Use them. This event sent me over the edge and I distinctly remember as a result planning my own suicide. It would have been very easy for me to do this at the time as I was working as a veterinary nurse and I lived in the accommodation above the surgery. I had access to the poisons cupboard and recall going as far as reaching for a drug used to immobilise horses which I knew would be fatal to me. However, something within me stopped that happening and I believe it was the thought of leaving my younger brother behind who was already distraught at my parents' separation and was already also trying to cope at the age of 16 with an absent mother and my dad's aggressive mood swings. My wow, my words of wisdom are determination to survive, adversity is your greatest strength. At the age of 19, I joined the police force. Upon reflection, I feel this was my, um, I suppose idea for getting justice for others even though you know for myself I didn't feel able to so I feel that this was strongly motivated by that thought process I thought I could contribute and help others unfortunately it proved to be the reverse and I witnessed many guilty offenders getting off with little or no punishment and after five years service I left and thereafter began following my passion in various careers in education, coaching and training. In the 70s, children in the UK didn't have the resources like Childline to turn to for help. So I ended up suffering in silence for 27 years before plucking up the courage to start my healing and personal development journey. So in 2002, I rang an agency that supports people who have been raped. After an initial assessment consultation, I was told that I looked like a typical rape victim. The counsellor then pointed out, after lengthy questioning, that I was overweight and this was because I was subconsciously trying to protect myself and make myself unattractive to men. Although it sounded harsh, on reflection I knew she was right. Weight-wise, I viewed up and down the scales all my adult life. I used to wear black shapeless clothes and didn't wear makeup, nail varnish, and still don't or very rarely. I didn't wear perfume and ju or jewellery and I've only done so minimally in recent years. Talk about a stereotype. And I know I'm not alone and many people can and will relate. My words of wisdom, my wow. Always trust and listen to your inner self. Then came the devastating body blow. The counsellors ended the consultation by saying sorry there's a waiting list. It'll be at least 12 to 18 months before a counsellor will become available. This was a big shock for me. It's not what I wanted to hear after finally feeling I was able to, and was ready and willing to talk after all those years. My words of wisdom, you can heal your life. That's a profound book and very good quote from Louise Hay. Hopefully things have now positively progressed in the UK and worldwide. Needless to say, all these experiences had a negative impact on my intimate relationships. I remember having a short promiscuous phase prior to meeting my ex-husband. I desperately wanted love and to feel lovable and made the mistake, as I see many girls do, of using sex to get this need met. Then I went from not caring about my welfare and feeling totally needy and out of control, which 
as you can imagine, only resulted in more hurt and distrust of men, to then unconsciously looking for a man, my ex-husband as it turned out, who would offer me protection, safety, love, stability, and also let me take total control of the relationship. Well, <laughs> I got my wish. For the 23 years that I was with my ex-husband, I was very controlling. I acted as if I was superior to him, forced my opinion over his, told him how to do things that he was perfectly capable of doing for himself, and altered the way he did things so they were done my way. I also wore an invisible suit of armour and was, for the most part, a confused, frigid bitch. My wow, my words of wisdom. If you're confused, don't worry. A breakthrough won't be far away. All this was driven by my unconscious need to look after and protect myself on the back of not trusting men. What I ended up with was a man I managed to emasculate on a regular basis. After years of inadvertently changing him to become a male version of myself, I started to wonder why I didn't find him as attractive anymore. And it was because I was the dominant one wearing the trousers. I subsequently divorced this perfectly good man, not because I wasn't happy, but because I felt there was something missing in our relationship. I felt he'd lost his balls. But now, having the awareness I've got and the education and the experience, I realise it was me who had all but frustrated him. There was no passion, and although there was love and intimacy, in the main we had a friendship type of relationship. The thing I didn't realise at the time was that this was mostly my own fault, a response to my controlling masculine behaviour. Wow, my words of wisdom. Be aware when you're not being your true self. If you can relate to any of what I've previously said, then here's the good news. In 2005, I felt compelled to go on two specific journeys. My first was to address my health. I attended regular group exercise classes and worked consecutively with two brilliant personal trainers at the gym. It took me five years to, to lose five stone. That's about 70 pounds or 32 kilograms, which built up from two half-hour sessions a week to an obsessive 12 hours per week. Yet still I plateaued, even though I felt I hadn't reached my ideal target weight. However, I knew I looked and felt really good, despite sometimes still looking in the mirror and seeing my old fat self. My second journey was to seek out the world's leading personal development and relationship experts to heal myself, find out all their secrets and see how they match with my own years of experiential learning. I immersed myself in gaining knowledge about the differences between how men and women think, feel and behave in regard to their personal relationships. Along the way, I discovered some powerful passion and intimacy techniques, strategies and skills that really work. These techniques show me how to heal and love myself. Whereas before with my ex, there was distance, little connection and the feeling of settling for a, an okay partnership. I have now reclaimed my authentic feminine self. I've learned to let go of control and trust without feeling the need to protect myself in my invisible suit of masculine armour. I have a relationship full of passion, intimacy and massive connection where I feel alive, loved and cherished above and beyond my wildest dreams. Finally, I've realised what I've been craving all my adult life. I wanted to attract a strong alpha male 
who would treat me like a queen, protect and take care of me, take the lead in a healthy relationship, show me passion and melt me with his very presence. Wow. <laughs> On the 3rd of January 2010, I certainly attracted that when I met my soulmate, Paul. So was it all sweetness and light? My wow at this point is knowledge isn't power, taking action is. So was it all sweetness and light? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> at least not to start with. Despite having a very passionate relationship with lots of deep love, intimacy and connection, every three to four weeks we'd end up having big arguments. I couldn't understand why. After having had such a calm relationship with my ex, most likely because he wanted to keep the peace, I knew it must be Paul's fault, right? Wrong. Believe it or not, it took me over three years of sometimes very painful experiences to grasp the issue of resolving conflicts as a specific sequence and order. I just needed to learn to handle it in a feminine rather than masculine way. My wow. Challenge is an opportunity to learn and grow. To create calm and intimacy where otherwise there would have been conflict and arguments, I learned that I needed to diffuse the situation. For example, if Paul gets irritated or frustrated over something and unfairly takes it out on me, I call this lighting the fire. The temptation is to, or rather it was for me, to, to react by getting aggressive, which meant retaliating in anger, or become defensive saying, yes, but, blah, blah, blah. Or justifying with my I'm right opinion. Either way, all Paul would feel at this point is another male energy challenging his masculinity. I used to do all of the above on a regular basis, always with the same result. We'd end up having a full-blown argument. We both used to say hurtful things and Paul would then withdraw to his cave, sometimes for days at a time, while I was left feeling utterly distraught. I knew I needed to implement some of the techniques which taught me to advise and taught me to respond to him in a more feminine way. And that was to see my vulnerability as a source of strength, not weakness, which would enable me to then pour water on the fire. One simple way I do this is by letting him see that he's hurt my feelings with either his words or his body language. So for me, um, I, quite often I'd respond, for example, by using my forefingers to point playfully at my bottom lip which I'd stick out in a little girl pout complete with sad puppy dog eyes just one of many feminine responses I use when I do this he instantly feels guilty for hurting the woman he loves and gives himself a far harder time about it than I ever could the result is that the fire has been put out and intimacy has been maintained I can then pick my moment to have my say on the situation in a calm feminine way I'm really excited to say that since I've been putting the fire out, peace and calm have prevailed. Wow, my words of wisdom. Just because you had a bad past doesn't mean the present or future must be that way. I really know that Paul adores me and we both now make a conscious effort to deal with potential conflicts in a playful, fun or calm way. What a relief. <laughs> I've personally known what it's like to suffer the trauma of rape and abuse as a young teenager, in an era when children weren't encouraged to have a voice. I believed I survived these experiences for a reason, to prepare me to inspire women to know they can have a safer, brighter, more fulfilling future when it comes to their intimate relationships. 
I specifically help women reclaim their authentic feminine selves. I feel lucky to have the ultimate soulmate relationship. Paul and I have a healthy, deep love, passion and intimacy with peace and calm. If we can, I know you can too. If you're a woman in a relationship, perhaps you've said or thought these words. I love my man, but I still feel unfulfilled. We are more like friends than lovers. The relationship is lacking passion and intimacy. The spark has gone. We argue all the time. I need more peace and calm in the relationship. Or he's distant most of the time. Or if you're a single woman, perhaps you said or thought something along these lines or these words. I want a relationship, but there are no good guys out there. I always attract losers or players. I never get a second date. I don't know where to start. Men don't like powerful or successful women. I can't trust men. I seem to push men away. Or whatever else your butt is. Do you want to know how to reclaim your feminine power, create or attract your soulmate relationship and feel fulfilled, fully awakened and alive? Then I'm here. I'm genuinely dedicated to helping as many women as possible have the kind of relationship they deserve and for which I'm so truly grateful. And I'd love to share my discoveries and secrets with you. My words of wisdom, reclaim your feminine power. It belongs to you. I honestly believe these powerful skills will have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence and suicide. Okay, Lynn, so thank you very much for sharing your From Dream to Queen story with us. Very much appreciated. And thank you to the listeners as well uh, for being part of this, uh, this episode. As ever, sincerely hope you've got some good value out of it. And until the, until the next time, to the next episode, be safe and keep loving. Thanks for listening to the Mastering the Game of Life podcast. Drop a line to paul at paullowhearts.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at paullowhearts.com or any of his social media feeds under the same name. Remember, mastering life starts by embracing our hearts.